This is the second episode of 2023. I should have said something before the previous episode, but I actually recorded the previous episode before 2023 had begun, so it doesn't really make any sense. But we are coming to the last few pages, the last certainly the last few chapters of Alien Caveman's Ransom, a sci-fi BBW alien faded mates romance. And once we come to the end of this, I've basically decided as much as I've enjoyed reading this book, it's just too much. So Seeming Be Reads is going to shift onto something else. Probably North Korean political statements or something like that. Um, but I'm going to look for other stuff to read over the next few weeks while I do the final parts of Alien Caveman's Ransom. Some people have really enjoyed it. They stick around for just the Alien Caveman's Ransom. Other people have despised this whole experiment. And the fact that I'm doing the entirety of the book is maybe what really gets them. I'm not doing like an episode where I read parts. I'm reading the whole book. If you can go back, you started at chapter one. We are now on chapter 26. Let me uh, summarize for the people who have not been with us the whole ride. Sophia and her team of researchers who were creating a translation device were picked up by aliens. The roof was torn off their building. They tried to take over the alien spaceship and failed miserably. They were dropped on an alien planet with dinosaurs and sexy cavemen with double penises. And that is not a joke. They have a big one and then a little one on top of it. Much like sex toys I've seen. Sophia has fallen in love with Jackson, who is the, the chief of his tribe. Uh, the ladies are all staying in like a, a container that was dropped from the alien spaceship. It was dropped on sacred territory, though, which is problematic. She went to the village of Jackson's people and said, like, can you help my friends? And they said, look, you are the holy mother prophesized in the past, but your friends are not. They will either die or they will become sex slaves. And she's like, oh, hell no. Which is appropriate response. She was then thrown in prison to think about herself and her life. Uh, and then someone mysteriously put a ladder down so that she could get out and escape. Um, she only knows one person, so I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Uh, she trekked back to the container where the ladies have been trying to survive. Uh, someone perhaps was killing animals and stuff as she was making her way back, but we don't know who that is, even though she only knows one person. And now she is knocked on the door of the alien spaceship container. And that alien spaceship container, as uh, door has just been opened. The biggest thing for me though, when I started this was, it's very difficult to open and close the container door because you don't know how it's powered so you don't know how long that power is going to last you don't know if it's like solar power and it recharges so you can open and close the door indefinitely or if the battery is going to run out if the battery runs out you're locked inside or you're locked outside so really they need to have a door they can physically open with their bodies which they're not relying on it's still a, a science fictiony door that opens and closes automatically sophia has just knocked on the door the door has slid open Sophia, you're back. Oh, my God. We were sure you were dead. Again! Caroline comes out and hugs me tight, then drags me inside. The door slides shut, and I realize it's still light inside. There's a cozy fire burning in the inside. Oh, wait, that's a bad idea. There's a cozy fire burning in the inside of the can. Looks much better now. It's almost cozy. Smells good, too. 
you do not start fires in enclosed containers without, there's a reason chimneys exist. You are using up all the oxygen. If this thing was in space, it's airtight. You're, if they leave the fire burning all night, they're all going to die. It's almost cozy. It smells good too. I quickly count. Six, including me. You're all here. I sob as a sudden relief overpowers me. I hadn't even dared to think of how many of the girls might be left. I'm totally exhausted. My emotions are close to the surface. I'm not playing my cheerful role to this shit has gone throughout the book where she like talks about her role as a member and for some reason it just bugs the ever-living shit out of me. I'm not playing my cheerful role too well right now, but nobody can be happy-go-lucky all the time. Now we're all here, Aurora says firmly and wipes her eyes. We've been worried sick about you. You keep taking these insane risks. She's also had sex three times with an alien. So maybe don't be too worried about her. They all come to hug me and they give me water and fruit and sit me down by a pretty cozy fire they've got going while we're all sniffling and grinning through happy tears of reunion. The smoke goes to a ceiling and out through an interesting system of pipes made from tree bark. And the fire smells nice and spicy. Hmm? They've made pipes from tree bark that go through the metal ceiling. Seems suspect. But we're dealing with convenience of narrative. The girls look good, or at least better than I had feared. They're not too skinny or sick-looking. They seem to have made themselves new clothes from a rough fabric, and they look clean enough. You've done well, I state, and as I gratefully lean back against the wall. This place looks much better than when we left, or when I left. We've been busy, Amelia explains. We took one whole day to just sit down and pool all our knowledge and resources, and we brainstormed and thought and came up with a list of things to do. Turns out that between us, we can do a whole bunch of things when we think about it, and we became a little more adventurous about trying out the plants and stuff around here. None of them have been too, none of them have been all that toxic so far, and we can hunt now. A pig-like turkey thing you showed us. Not our favorite thing to do, but it helps. Some of the things grow fast, too, Heidi continues. We won't lack for food anymore. We found roots and leaves and different kinds of fruits. And we made a system for catching water without having to collect it manually from leaves. It's pretty handy. But how about you, Sophia? Well, you've been gone for days. When Delia came home and told us that you'd gone away to get help, we thought you'd die. Or at least that you'd find your alien hunk and forget about us. Uh, she found her alien hunk and she, she forgot about you for at least 20 minutes. I take a sip of water and I give them a short version of everything that's happened. They're totally stunned, even before I get to the end and the ransom. And I guess that's a decision we'll have to make now, I finish. Become sex slaves or, and breed for a tribe or, well, not. Whatever that will mean. The tuna can is silent for a few heartbeats while the girls react in their own ways. Amelia grasps, gasps dramatically. <gasps> Heidi goes red with anger. Aurora gets up and starts to pace back and forth under the low seeing, ceiling. Sorry, I gotta get, gotta get going. Delia taps her lips thoughtfully with one finger and Caroline frowns with a cold anger and asks a practical question. Will they attack us? I shrug. I don't know. I didn't get the impression that they will. They want to hold me hostage for ransom and then blackmail you. Maybe it's because this is a forbidden zone for them, but they also seem to think that the animals here will kill us sooner or later anyways. Aurora puts her hands on her hips and snorts. Do they really? We can probably survive by ourselves just fine by now. The dinosaurs will have stayed away, mostly. Oh. 
The dinosaurs have stayed away mostly. I think they're afraid of something. The food situation is taken care of. We can weave fabric from some of the plants, and we have shelter right here. I think we can make it work just fine. Until the noctactyls return, Delia adds quietly. Oh, sorry. has to be quiet. Until the noctactyls return, Delia adds quietly. Or the other dinosaurs get over their skepticism. They're coming closer all the time. That's the main danger, and always will be. In addition to the other tribes here, we don't know if they consider this mountain a forbidden zone. They might not, and they might have no problem coming here. Things are looking better than before, but we still need the tribe's help, or a tribe's help, now that our first choice has turned sour. We needed it pretty desperately. The tuna can is silent again. She's right, but unlike the first day we were here, and we all just wanted to cry... Uh, And we all just wanted to cry our eyes out. This time I see resilience in all the girls. The planet has hardened us fast. Just like she hardened Jackson? I hide my yawn behind my hand. I've been up well over a whole day straight. Well, I suggest we take one danger at a time. First, we'll defend ourselves against the tribe if they try something. We still have the gun. Maybe we can negotiate something. I assume the messenger or whatever they will send will be here tomorrow evening. Amelia clears her voice. There's no chance in hell I'll ever agree to sexual slavery to anyone. They want to breed me, they'll have to use my dead body. Damn right, Heidi agrees. I would never give in to that. Yeah, this is the right attitude. This is a dumb thing to give in to. We all agree, and that I hold my hand out like I've seen in the movies. We'll never surrender. Freedom or death. They all put their hands on top of mine. Freedom or death. This is very dramatic. I kind of enjoy it. I smile. And screw that tribe of losers. We can handle this. Girls, this will work out just fine. I fall asleep with a smile on my face. I'm starting to get the hang of this happy... I'm starting to get the hang of this happy-go-lucky thing. The next morning, we're all up and outside when the not-dactyls finally attack. Holy shit! Amelia sees them first and yells to warn us all. Dactyls! There's panic in her voice, and I don't blame her, because while the first noctactyls came in a flock, this is a legit swarm that darkens the sun and fills the sky. There has to be thousands of them, and they start screeching from pretty far away. We, we all drop everything and run in a panic towards the tuna can. I get there first, so I stand outside the door and count the girls in. One, two, three, four. I count again, itching to slam the button that closes the door. Four plus me. We're one short. Shit, where's Delia? <clears throat> the girls look at each other. Didn't see her. I take a step out of the door. Delia! I yell, and now closer to panic than I've been in a good while. Dactyls! The flying dinosaurs with long beaks and the sharp teeth are coming closer fast, zooming straight down from the blue sky in an obvious menace that makes me want to crouch down. Their screeching freezes my blood, and I'm shaking hard. Delia! My voice breaks under the strain. It all comes out as a squeal. Only seconds left now. I hear something crashing through the undergrowth, and then I see Delia come running, but she's still 50 yards away, and I can already see the details on the nearest noctactyl. It has brown blood stains around its jaws and reptilian eyes with no emotion behind them. Come on! Delia runs fast, much much faster than I ever could. She doesn't bother looking up to check how close the attackers are, just jumps over bushes and rocks and tries to run as straight in a line as possible. Her black hair flows behind her and her fists are tightly closed and she pumps her arms hard. She looks straight at me while she runs. I've never been this tense in my life. She's not going to make it. The leading not-dactyl is in its final dive, casually setting up an attack with a laziness that's probably elegant, but which just pisses me off. I take three steps towards Delia and raise the gun, aiming for the not-dactyl. Get the fuck away from her! God, this is good movie movie lines. 
I pull the trigger and the gun jumps in my hand. I don't notice the bang. I guess I have enough to focus on. I guess I have enough to focus on. I pull the trigger again and again. One of the shots hits the notdactyl and it breaks off its attack, flaps its wings fast to stop in midair and then focuses on me with its lifeless eyes. It hangs there for a couple seconds. Then it comes from me. I raise the gun, distantly aware of Delia runs past me and yells something. The notdactyl, the notdact, this is good for a pause. I think she had four bullets left. I think she just shot three. So she might be out of bullets now. I've been waiting for this the whole book. The notdactyl is less elegant as it dives for me with its long pointed jaws wide open. So I see the multiple rows of teeth, large flat teeth that look like short knives. I have just enough self-control to pull the trigger again and again and again. But the gun stays calm in my hand and doesn't jump. I'm frozen in place as the notdactyl grows very big, very fast. It's the center of my whole existence and I'm too scared to even crouch. I just stand there and stare at death coming for me. Then two things happen at the same time. A shadow passes between the notdactyl and me, and suddenly it's falling straight down. It no longer has a head. Oh, Jackson is coming to save the day. This does bring in the irony. So this is all about the independent ability of these women. But Jackson is constantly saving her. So I don't know what that says. Like, they are doing their best in an unnatural situation where he is a natural entity. So he would be more capable. It's not because he's a man. It's because he's a native. But it is funny that they keep setting this up as the women's importance, uh, independence. But Jackson is here to save the day. And then I'm looking at the ground from very close up with the wind knocked out of me. I feel arms around me and I realize that Delia is dragging me with her. Come on, girl, back inside the can, she wheezes into my ear. The dead dactyl hits the ground with a wet thud and then it's like I wake up. I stumble after Delia as she pulls me along and then we're inside the tuna can. I turn around and look look outside, gasping for air. The sky is black with huge knot dactyls diving in. Their leader is lying dead on the ground and they all screech in fury. As someone is standing there and someone is standing there, Ten yards away, a large, calm figure with strong legs and a broad chest and red tiger stripes all over him. He has a huge sword that's dripping with dactyl blood, and he's looking right at me with a very alien smirk on his face. His smoldering red eyes look straight into my soul, and I can feel the love he sends me like a physical force. Then he raises his sword, not a metaphorical one, the real one, slowly to his face in what has to be a formal greeting. My knees go weak and I sag to the floor. Jackson! It comes out in an anguish. I can't handle this. It comes out as an anguish, anguish shriek because the dactyls are diving in for him, screeching like a million giant nails on chalkboard, and I know they will kill him. Someone slaps the button and the door slams shut. I do not believe that Jackson can die. I know this next chapter starts with Jackson, and we're going to read the second chapter. But I don't think the author would have the balls to kill off Jackson now, which I believe would be awesome. I'm very much of the kill characters often for dramatic effect school of thinking. All right. Chapter 27. Jackson. She's safely inside and I can now go to my ancestors with pride and honor. Did I read that backwards? Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. I thought... I tend to read faster than I can speak properly. 
which I guess is a normal thing to do. So sometimes I read stuff out of order or I, like I get like not dyslexic, but like I switch words around and stuff or I read the wrong word. So I just thought I'd made a mistake. Anyways, please react to the story. <laughs> I think I might need more practice at reading out loud if I'm going to continue this idea. I'm going to start again. Jackson, she's safely inside and I can now go to my ancestors with pride and honor. I have protected the mother until she could get back to her friends. The ancestors will protect her on Boone, their home. Another Irox dives from me, a flying horror that our tribesmen try to best, their best to avoid. I took the first step. I, <clears throat> fuck, I can't read. I took the first one by surprise, but these are now aware of, what's, of what they're up against. They don't like it. I know. They're cowardly in their own way and prefer to attack in huge numbers and sometimes flee when they realize that you intend to fight. But I've never seen this many at the same time. I laugh out loud as the fighting spirit fills me. Oh, good on you, Jack. I do like Jackson. As cheesy as this story is, I do like Jackson. It's because he's like the cliche manly man. I am reading this for the first time, though. I know this would go smoother if I read it in advance, but I want to have actual reactions to things that happen in the story. So, I laugh out loud as the fighting spirit fills me. It's a good way to go. I have done what I can for Sophia. It's proper. I fling my sword at the nearest Irox and cut a wing off. It tumbles to the ground and tries to crawl away as the next one swoops down and I run to retrieve the blade. I empty my mind to fight these things. You have to act on instinct. They're too fast to allow you to think and plan each move. Only your warrior acting intuitively has any chance at all. Okay, as cheesy as that is, it is absolutely fucking true. I have done judo competitions and when my brain has shut off, is when I've actually done the best. Like when you're just you're just not thinking, your brain is just gone and your body just does stuff. Like I've won a couple of fights and I couldn't tell you what move I did to win the fight. And I like I can't believe the author actually is a fighter. They're just making shit up they've seen from movies. That's actually true. Okay, anyways. I have to fill my conscious mind with other thoughts while my arms guide my sword with animalistic instincts. And my thoughts are filled with Sophia anyways. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I had to see her safely here without her seeing me. I knew he was protecting her the whole time. And of course, we were hunted by all kinds of bigs, even the rare and terrifying Zerves. I had only one chance against that one. I had to throw my sword and hope that it would penetrate the beast's tiny brain. The ancestors were merciful and made that happen. Then they allowed me to spot and neutralize every danger in Sophia's way until we were here and she hadn't seen me. They guided and protected us all the way. It's the clearest sign I've seen. The ancestors support me. It is funny that in the previous chapters they tried to make it seem like Sophia didn't know what was going on. Again, despite the fact that she only knows one person on this entire planet. I had no idea the mother would be this spectacular in every way. She escaped from the village the first chance she got. Why? To help her friends. It almost floored me. When I put the ladder there, I half expected her to stay, realizing that her life in the tribe wouldn't be bad. I would have preferred it if she had remained, but I wanted her to have the choice. Something deep inside me rebels at the thought of breeding with a woman who is only doing it because she's in a difficult situation. Good on you, Jackson. You're not a piece of shit. It feels wrong. Yes, correct. Even if she is the sacred mother of Zren and the prophecy states that I'll mate with her. 
In the beginning, it was my opinion that she was mine, that I had ownership of her. The prophecy states it, and it seemed right that she should somehow be my property. But before we came to our village, it dawned on me that she's not mine. She's her own. <laughs> I do like, this is, this is interesting, because what we're getting right now is Jackson is having a realization about women. The first, okay, and again, be clear, women was a concept before, not a thing. He's met his first woman, he's followed all the rules, and he's still, within a few days, has come to believe that she's independent of him, which is a very, very enlightened view for a caveman. So again, maybe part of the reason why I like Jackson is Jackson is a kind of a modern man. Having known Sophia for many days, days, again, he's changed his traditional opinion in days. But I guess, again, having a concept put before you and then the real thing would change your opinion. Having known Sophia for many days, it has become clear to me that a woman is more than just a vessel for mating. She's a full person in every way. She has ideas, courage, strength, emotions, and a deep integrity that I'm not going to breach. And all the things we did together felt much better to my soul when I felt that she did them because she wanted to, not because she had to. Way to go, Jackson. I agree. I agree with the way Jackson feels. I was about to say some pretty awful stuff. Sophia is the mother, of course. But it seems less important now. <laughs> I should get the cover of the book up for you. It's, it's just a picture of a man's pectorals. It's awesome. Uh, Sophia is the mother, of course. And that seems less important now. The main thing is that she is also a woman that I love. I want her to love me back. And if she doesn't, well, then I have to accept it. Like a warrior has to accept adverse fate when he's done everything he can to avoid it. And I did mate with her more than once even. I should be content. Dude, you are the best. My sword is dripping with Irox blood. I have slayed a good heap of them now. My muscles are sore and breathing heavy. And I can take out a few more. Ah! This is the part of the movie where the hero, he's like all, and he's beat down, and he gets up and just does a couple more awesome moves. My sword is dripping. Oh, I just read that chapter, that paragraph. I wanted to honor Sophia by letting her reach her friends on her own. I didn't want her to know that I helped her get here safely. It would have made her bravery lesser in a way. <laughs> he's all stinky, kills more, and gets laid is the last 80% of this book, I believe. I think you are correct. I think he's going to break away from the village with Sophia. I do do predictions at the end. So he, he will probably break away from the village. Okay, uh, okay. She made her choice when she escaped from the village, and her choice was courageous. My heart soared while at the same time breaking into pieces. If I had offered to accompany her, she would have had to make the same choice many more times. That would have been... That would not have been fair to her. It was my intention to see her safely here and then to return to the village to offer myself up to the judgment of the council and the inevitable death that would follow. But when I saw a flock of Irox attack, I had to cross the boundary into Forbidden Boon and protect my love. After this, the village will not take me back. I will not lie to them to keep my status. I have defied them and I have stepped on Boon. Both are punished by death. 
I picked Sophia over the tribe. I am an outlaw now, but I but it was the right choice even so. I don't regret it at all. The sword dances in my hand. I'm wet with the cold, sticky Irox blood, and on my own, I'm tiring fast. I have taken down many Irox, and they're becoming more careful. I think I may be just able to chase I think I may just be able to chase them away if I survive that long. I'm fighting heroically, but I have sustained many injuries, and I can't feel my hands. I glance to the side. The round container that Sophia's friends live inside is being attacked, too. I can only hope it will hold together. It's alien technology. It's going to hold together. The world is shrinking around me, and I can no longer hear the Irox's terrible screams. I grin into the sky. I found the mother, and then I helped her as well as I could. The ancestors will welcome me among them. I will be an ancestor, and I will remain here on Boon. I will protect Sophia and guide her as a spirit. And I decide with evil glee that I will haunt the shaman. Ah! The shaman is the priest who basically was the opposite. He was like the antagonist to Jackson, and he wanted the girls to be put into sexual slavery. I will haunt the shaman. He won't have a moment's peace after I die. His idea to force Sophia's friends to become involuntary breeders for the tribe is the worst and most dishonorable nonsense I've heard. Jackson is so fucking enlightened, it is ridiculous. Like, they should actually take him down a notch at this point. But it was too tempting for the tribal... But it was too tempting for the tribal council to reject. He knows what appeals to old men. Mm, I mean, correct. Who are nearing the end of their lives without having known the embrace of a woman. I mean, they're talking incels. It's a tribe of incels. And then suddenly have the possibility dangled in front of them. I heave the sword at another Irox. I can't remember the blade ever being this heavy before. I accept it. I don't have much longer to live. Even if the Irox are clearly losing their spirit to fight, and it will take very little for them to retreat now. I lose the grip on my sword when I go down on my knees to pick it up. I don't have the strength to get back up. I smile again. This is how a warrior dies. Sorry. Ah, no, 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 no. go back, go back, go back. Don't fuck it up. I don't want to see the, I don't want to see. Okay. I smile again. This is how a warrior dies. Sophia will see that it was right. I wet my lips. No one will ever hear them. But every warrior should have some last words. And what mine will be is plain. Sophia, I whisper, making sure to get the sounds of her alien name right. Kra, Tun, Kate. So that's the end of that chapter. And that's all we're reading today. That is 30 minutes. That's great. That's right on schedule. Uh, we're on chapter 28. Oh, my God. We got like 20 pages left, which in this book is probably about four chapters. So maybe two more episodes. That's going to take us into February, March, maybe April, and we'll finish the book. Uh, he's not going to die. That's, let's just be clear about that. He can't die. So I think Sophia and the ladies, because the... the 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 dactyls are attacking the the thing that they're staying in but he's scared most of them away i think they go out and get some fire maybe throw some fire around that would scare them off and then they bring him in and then he realizes he's safe he sleeps recuperates and then they make a plan for starting their own tribe uh moving on into the future is my prediction for the next couple of chapters of alien caveman's ransom 2023 uh it's a new year And hopefully we look forward to many new adventures.